Important health information delivered to you. It's BID Plymouth Wellness Radio with Melanie Cole. You're sneezing, you have a stuffy nose or sinus pressure. Sinus problems can often be prevented with some simple steps for sinus health. My guest today is Dr. Lisa Wilson. She is an ENT and facial plastic and reconstructive surgeon with BID Plymouth. Welcome to the show, Dr. Wilson. So tell us about the sinuses a little. What are they intended to do and how come they get clogged up so easily? Well, thanks for having me, Melanie. Um, I wanted to start off and letting people know about their sinuses and that we actually have multiple um, sinuses within our head region. Um, uh, Most people sort of point to the ones that are directly in their cheeks and under their eyes, Um, but we actually have ones in our foreheads, which are called the frontal sinuses. Um, uh, The ones in our cheeks are the maxillary sinuses. We have the ethmoid sinuses within our nose, and then even ones that are further back called the sphenoid sinuses. Um, why we need our sinuses is that the lining of them, as well as the lining inside our nose, help with a number of different functions. Um, first and foremost, people probably um, already know that our uh, nose and our nasal cavities help with our sense of smell. Um, and two, um, uh, the other very important function is that it helps with uh, respiration. It humidifies uh, the air that we breathe, um, and it traps particles in that way, as well as it makes um, for easier gas exchange when the air finally reaches down into our lungs. So at this time of the year, people have colds. There's still people with allergies or asthma, any of these things. What do you tell people, Dr. Wilson, when they come to you and say their sinuses feel so much pressure or their sinuses hurt? What's your first best piece of advice that you tell people all the time? Well, I think the most important thing is to try to keep the nose sort of clean and clear. Um, As I just mentioned, our nose does a lot of filtering. And so the first line of defense for us um, in the air that we breathe, there could be bacteria in there. There could be viruses in there. There can be um, uh, allergens, um, uh, dust um, that are aggravating uh, the tissues inside our nose. And what it will cause then is swelling. Um, that swelling inside the nose will then block off the nasal cavities and it makes it difficult um, for us to uh, breathe and smell and it relates to this pressure that people feel. Um, Oftentimes, something um, as simple as nasal saline will help to open up the passageways um, and there are also other medicated uh, nasal sprays that we can talk about as well. So then let's talk about some of these because people get... They hear in the media that they shouldn't be using certain over-the-counter medications and nasal sprays because you could become addicted or they could be making your sinuses more congested after using them. Is this a myth? No, it isn't. That is absolutely correct. So um, the safest thing to use, like I mentioned, is nasal saline, which is just um, a wash for the nose. And there's um, uh, a spray bottle that people can use or there can be a irrigation, um, which is a sort of a uh, low pressure but high volume wash um, for people that do have chronic sinus issues. Um, people often mistaken just using a nasal spray such as saline and end up inadvertently picking up a nasal decongestant. Uh, nasal decongestant, um, the most common one on the market, uh, the name is oxymetazoline. Other people know about 
know it by its brand name, such as Afrin. And what this medication does, it's very powerful. And the warning signs are on the box to not to use more than three days because it can cause what we call rebound congestion. Um, even somebody that's just um, walking around that has no sinus complaints, if they use nasal um, a, de- a nasal decongestant such as Afrin inside the nose, they will feel that they can breathe even better. But that's not necessarily physiologically normal. And so it sets off a cycle where people tend to get addicted to use of the nasal spray because they, can't, they feel that they can't breathe without it. Um, I advise my patients when they're going to use um, a nasal decongestant for a very short period, say when they're in the worst um, days of their cold, so they can just get a little bit of air through and so they can get on through um, with their day and sort of their activities. What about antihistamine medications? Because these are more systemic. You take them orally for the most part. And so what are those doing for us? And is that something that you recommend often or not so much? Uh, To be honest, not so much. I mean, I believe that antihistamines should be used for patients that actually have allergies. Um, Some people, you know, kind of know what they're allergic to based on exposure, but um, others sometimes aren't 100% sure. And so there are allergy tests that can be done. Um, The antihistamines um, themselves um, could work against some people with chronic sinus uh, problems. Um, If you have an acute sinus infection and you're using an antihistamine, sometimes it can dry out your uh, nasal secretions too much um, if that's the only thing that you're using to treat your infection. Um, It is a good way in terms of um, keeping the inflammation down inside your nose um, to help prevent if you have um, documented allergies. So then when we look at some of the more complementary type treatments, and you mentioned keeping your nose clean, what do you think about like nasal lavage or neti pots, those kinds of things? They're not that comfortable, but they do a good job. Absolutely. Um, There is a little bit of a learning curve in terms of using them. Uh, My preference is to use a... um, nasal lavage for patients with chronic sinus pressure to try to keep passageways open and to wash any mucus that is within the sinuses um, causing that fullness. Uh, My preference for bottles is to use one that is uh, a high volume, so a lot of liquid, probably about 240 um, milliliters or cc's, um, and it's going to be low pressure, meaning that you control it yourself. Um, Oftentimes, it's a squeeze bottle that patients can use, and even if you don't have a specifically formulated bottle, people can do this with um, just having a large syringe. Uh, Oftentimes, the lavage that people use um, is recommended to be hypertonic, meaning that it's a little bit saltier of a solution so that it can draw out uh, the mucus from your sinuses. tricks that I give my patients in terms of using it is um, to bend over, um, to hold the nozzle in one nostril, and you irrigate just enough so that you can have uh, the irrigation fluid come out your other nostril. And the leaning forward just helps with uh, preventing any of that irrigation fluid from going down the back of your throat and swallowing. 
What about things like humidifiers and air purifiers? Do they help to keep our sinuses from having to filter so much stuff? Yes, I I believe that they do help a number of patients, um, especially in sort of these winter months too as well. Um, the uh, air purifiers um, help to remove any um, sort of dust allergens that are in the room. Um, oftentimes, um, uh, dust particles like to stay on things like drapes and um, bedding and sheets. And so often it is helpful for patients to have that in their bedroom. Um, at the same time, um, the cool mist humidifier um, in the bedroom at night will help to keep the uh, air nice and moisturized so that our um, nose and our nasal passageways, they don't have to work as hard um, in uh, filtering um, the air that we breathe in. Dr. Wilson, more myth-busting here. People, mm-hmm. people hear that mucus can be created by dairy products, can cause it to thicken up. Do the beverages or our hydration have anything to do with our sinuses? Yes. I often recommend to our patients to keep well hydrated, to drink six to eight glasses of water a day as it um, helps with, you know, a number of other physiologic functions in, in our body. But um, we want to keep our mucus um, thin so that it can come out of our nose um, if we need to blow. Um, oftentimes when people have um, sinus problems or an infection, um, it, it isn't uncommon for patients to find that mucinex is helpful um, to thin out those secretions. Um, in terms of dairy, I think that we're still going to find um, people in both camps. There are some patients that are very sensitive to dairy and that it causes them to have um, produce increased mucus. Um, and dairy in kids have even been linked with um, infections, whether it's of the sinuses of the ears. Uh, but it is not something that is applies to everybody. I think it's very specific um, uh, in terms of allergens um, that one person can be affected more than another. So I do not routinely recommend that people cut out dairy completely. Dr. Wilson, if everybody has tried the usual techniques for dealing with their sinus issues, when does it come to using steroids or intranasal steroids? Well, intranasal steroids um, is something that we've been using for many, many years now. And um, recently, it has been available over the counter. Um, And so intranasal steroids are wonderful because that they do treat inflammation inside the nose. So when people have cleared their nose and they're still inflamed, uh, the nasal steroids will help decrease that to help with breathing. Um, A few concerns that we have about steroids is that even though it is something that's uh, safe to use on a long-term basis. Um, there are some application techniques that are important um, in terms of facing it um, towards the outside corner of the eye and not pointing the medication at a certain spot uh, because pointing at a certain area towards the septum, which is the middle partition of the nose, people can cause a lot of problems with uh, bleeding and crusting um, from over-application at that site and it can even um, progress to something more severe, such as a perforation or, or a hole in the septum. Um, I often recommend to my patients that if they find nasal steroids helpful and useful, it's certainly safe to use them, but they should get their nose checked probably once a year by um, somebody that really is going to evaluate the nose to make sure that we don't find any of the beginnings of any of these problems. 
In just the last few minutes, Dr. Wilson, please give your best advice for keeping healthy sinuses this time of the year and all year round and what you like to tell people every day doing what you do. So I think my best piece of advice would be that if um, you experience any stuffiness inside your nose or beginnings of um, pressure is to sort of uh, start on um, washing your nose out and um, getting all the allergens out as quickly as possible. Um, What I find is that if people let something sort of fester and brew, it can actually progress to an acute bacterial infection that you may then need antibiotics for. Um, So staying on top of your sinuses, um, being in tune with your body, knowing that you're feeling a little bit different, um, I think will go a long way. Thank you so much. It's great information. You're listening to BID Plymouth Wellness Radio. And for more information, you can go to BIDPlymouth.org. That's BIDPlymouth.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.